0: Once I knew I was worthy unconditionally, I realized I did have a way out. I realized I could dream of a different possibility. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth, each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self worth, the connection between self worth and relationships, self worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of Unconditionally Worthy, the podcast. As always, I'm super grateful to have you listening and tuning in and You know, this is actually my first week working for myself full time as an entrepreneur. And so, this episode that I'm recording right now is really relevant to where I am at in my life and a lot of the things I talk about is what helped to get me here, to get me to a place where I am working for myself full-time, which is something that I never thought I'd do. So I'm excited to share it with you today. I really hope that it's inspiring and uplifting and energizing. So in the last few episodes, I've talked about how connecting to our unconditional self-worth helps us to overcome things like anxiety and shame and difficulties in romantic relationships. And in this episode, I want to talk about some of the positive things that unconditional self-worth can bring into our lives. So we're going to be focusing on this idea of dreaming and envisioning what we want for our lives. For most of my life, I didn't allow myself to dream. People would ask me what I hoped for in my life and my career. And I would say that I, I just wasn't the type of person to set big goals for myself. I would acknowledge a general desire to be successful, but I hadn't really articulated what that meant for me. I knew I wanted to get married and have kids, but that was about it. I remember, you know, people used to talk, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? And I'd be like, I don't know. I have no idea. And I like to think at the time that I was just so focused on the present that I didn't want to get caught up worrying about the future. And that was why I didn't set big goals and and didn't envision a dream for my life. But to be honest, that was a cop-out. First of all, in the last episode, I just talked about you know, a lot of anxiety, or in one of the recent episodes, I talked about all my anxiety, right? And when you're anxious, you're thinking about the future. So this, this idea that I, I didn't make big dreams and plans because I was so focused on the present, is just wasn't true. The reality is that I didn't allow myself to dream because I was too scared of the vulnerability of dreaming, of hoping for something when I didn't feel worthy of it of envisioning a life that wasn't certain to happen. So instead of creating a vision for myself and my life, I played it somewhat small. Now, you may be thinking, Adia, going to Stanford for undergrad and getting a PhD is not playing it small. And I fully acknowledge that these are big accomplishments. Now, it's it's taken me some work to really internalize the fact that these are big accomplishments. I know it very well intellectually, but on a deeper level, I'm still sort of working on the internalization that those are big things to have accomplished. And in the context of my family and the people that I grew up around, these academic accomplishments felt expected rather than impressive. So in my own nuclear family, my mom went to Princeton for college and graduated in three years. My father immigrated to the U.S. from Jamaica to attend college and then went straight through to get his Ph.D. from Yale. Yeah, I know. Hashtag privilege. Hashtag blessed. Right. And so my parents really impressive accomplishments made me feel like I needed to follow in their footsteps in order to be successful. And I did that pretty much exactly. It's a little scary, actually. Both of my parents got their PhDs in clinical community psychology. I got my PhD in clinical community psychology, and, you know, they never pressured me to do exactly what they did. I never felt an explicit, you know, you really should be a clinical psychologist and you have to do that. I think there's a lot of ways in which this path has suited me, right? It has uh, fostered my interest in people and helping people and understanding how people work. And I do think that seeing my parents and seeing their success and feeling like that was the path, that was the right path to take, put me into a place where I felt like the only success I could imagine for myself was within the confines and structures of academia. And so for much of my life, I was focused on what I was supposed to do, to get good grades, to get to the next structured level of academic achievement. And, you know, this wasn't all bad. It did support me in being successful in a lot of conventional ways. And it set me up with a lot of privilege and security. And I'm grateful for that. And don't get me wrong, I was not miserable as I was going through school. In fact, overall, I really enjoyed school. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot of interesting things. I'm a very curious person, and I like to learn a lot of things. And so that fit for me. I also think I appreciated the security and the structure of take this class, do this work, get this grade, move to the next level, right? I felt a lot of safety there because that was something I excelled at and I knew I could do well. So there was this confines, right? And I drew a lot of safety and security, which made me feel comfortable in that space. So all of this was true. And I know I was still playing small. I was still fitting myself into the boxes of higher education and academia. I was still striving for the accolades and titles that I thought would make me worthy. I wasn't truly tuning in to what lit me up and made me happy. And I didn't take time out to reflect and craft a vision for my life beyond the confines of the conventional. When my focus was on proving that I was worthy and filling the internal void I felt, I did not have the energy to consider what I really wanted for my life. And I couldn't tap into the courage to take the necessary leaps that would be involved in fulfilling any vision I might come up with that was outside of the bounds of academia. So I wanna talk a little bit about how low self-worth keeps us from dreaming. Feeling unworthy and trying to prove our worth takes up so much mental and emotional energy and keeps us stuck in a place where we are living for the approval of others. We rarely feel worthy enough to set boundaries, let alone to take the time to really reflect on what we truly want for our lives without feeling we must adhere to the conditions and expectations that other people put on us. This is how we can end up with a life that appears like we have it all on the outside and yet still feel that something is missing on the inside. This happens when we follow other people's visions and dreams for us or when we follow society's scripts for how success looks in our lives without really considering whether or not it works for us. Even if we know it doesn't work for us, we may not have the courage to step off of that well-worn path in order to pursue what we know will truly light us up. So we stay trudging forward on a path we know is not going to a destination where we want to end up. It turned out that this was true for me in some ways. After years of graduate school and then working a job that I really did love, I realized that I was starting to feel bored and I wanted more. So I moved to a different job that had all of the shine and the sexiness of a fancy title and an academic faculty appointment, gold in academia. And I thought that it was the pinnacle of what I was striving for in my career, and I hated it. When we are oriented towards meeting the conditions that we have placed on our worth or stuck in the shame of feeling unworthy, we don't have the space to dream. And we don't feel worthy of success or big dreams. So we tend to shut them down before they even form. That I think was true for me, right? I didn't even give myself the space to dream. I was so focused on these external conditions, academic success, professional success within academia. I was so focused on that, that I didn't give myself space to dream. And so I ended up in a place where I was unhappy with the work I was doing, even though on the outside, it looked amazing. It looked fancy. I felt proud to tell people that I was the director of this and I had a faculty appointment, right? The other piece is that when we're struggling with low self-worth, we are often harsh and self-critical. So when we do think about what we want for our lives, we will shut those thoughts down with judgment and statements that will never accomplish this or that, or we aren't worthy of the love, joy, and success that we long for. And some of us even have people in our lives who squashed our dreams and made it difficult to allow ourselves to imagine the life we want for ourselves. When we feel unworthy we use so much energy trying to prove our worth and this mental energy makes it difficult to have the emotional space to dream and imagine what might be possible for our lives. Additionally, the fear of being unworthy often keeps us stuck trying to please others and receive approval And when we are living life trying to control what other people think about us, when we are living our lives trying to make sure that we receive that approval and receive that affirmation, we are not truly living for ourselves. So if you're feeling stuck in your life right now, like I was, and you're not sure how to get out of it, I want you to consider whether low self-worth or trying to prove your worth or keeping yourself from dreaming for all of these reasons I've just described, whether that's part of what's contributing to the stuckness. So let's talk about how unconditional self-worth supports us in envisioning a life for ourselves that is beyond our wildest dreams. So let's start with what unconditional self-worth is. You're going to hear me talk about this a lot in the podcast. And um, hopefully when I repeat this, it continues to resonate. So unconditional self-worth is the sense that you deserve to be alive, to be loved and cared for, and to take up space just because you're human. When we connect to our unconditional self worth, we can shift our focus from proving that we are worthy through accomplishments and relationship status. And we can focus instead on envisioning and pursuing the life we most desire. At the core, unconditional self worth is about our relationship with ourselves. When we know we are worthy unconditionally, We are kind and compassionate with ourselves, we forgive ourselves, and we trust ourselves. It is this mental and emotional environment where dreams are able to grow and flourish. When we know we are unconditionally worthy, we are able to tap into the courage to dream. We have a safe and healthy relationship with ourselves that makes it safe to be vulnerable with ourselves and to envision the life we most desire. Once I connected to my unconditional self-worth, something began to shift for me. I began to allow myself to dream and create a vision for myself and my life. At first, I started with envisioning small things, And when I began to see those small things show up in my life that I had envisioned, I began to let myself dream bigger. I started to tap into wild, big, bold dreams. You know, the kind that you don't tell anyone because you know everyone won't understand. People will respond saying, well, that's unrealistic. Those types of dreams. A big part of dreaming is affirming what you want for yourself. It involves moving beyond survival and getting by with the bare minimum and moving into a space where you own your wants and desires, where you feel worthy of what you desire. This is a powerful shift. And knowing that I am worthy unconditionally is what helped me to make this change. As I mentioned before, I found myself in a stuck place with my work. I had climbed a ladder for my professional career and when I got near the top, I realized that ladder wasn't leaning against the right building for me. I had pursued the shiny title, the prestigious institution and I was miserable and felt stuck. It took me some time to figure out what was going on and to even admit that I didn't like my job and that it wasn't truly about the organization I worked for, but that it was about the fact that what I really wanted to do wasn't going to fit within the confines and structures of any organization and that what I really wanted was to work for myself. It's funny because for years I had asserted that I would never be an entrepreneur. Now, I think some of that came from the fact that I went to college in Silicon Valley and you know, I, a lot of my classmates went into the tech world. They, were, they created startups, they were entrepreneurs and I witnessed them grinding and working nonstop and the stress and the fundraising and all of this stuff. And I was like, no, thank you. I will take my benefits, I will take my vacation days, whatever, right? So, you know, and the irony of that, right, is that I went to graduate school for six years and I had to have benefits through my parents and I didn't have vacation days and I was barely getting paid. So I chose a similar path, but with a lot more structure and without the money payoff in the end. So, you know, (laughs) take that for what it's worth. At any rate, I think another piece of me asserting that I would never be an entrepreneur is because it felt too risky. Because my worth at the time depended on affirmation from other people. It depended on sort of be following these structures of academia, this, you go to this step, and then you go to the next step, and then you go to the next step, and that's what success looks like. And when you're an entrepreneur, there are some of those expectations and benchmarks, but it's very much self-driven and self-determined. And I wasn't ready for that. I didn't trust myself as worthy of that. And the prospect of leaving the security of academia when I didn't feel worthy was just too much to consider but once i knew i was worthy unconditionally i realized i did have a way out i realized i could dream of a different possibility i knew that i was worthy of success and abundance and i could experience these things outside of the context of an institution that i didn't have to rely on a larger institution to give me those things. I could make and manifest and create those things in my life on my own. Knowing that I was unconditionally worthy helped me to take the leap into entrepreneurship. It helped me to envision a life for myself filled with joy, peace, ease, and wealth where I help people in ways that play to my strengths and allow me to share my gifts with the world. It helped me to envision a life that allows me to show up as my full, bold, quirky self in this world. Without feeling restrained by politics or bureaucracy, knowing that I am worthy unconditionally helped me to envision a life of freedom, For myself. And I am so grateful for it. And I want that for you too. I'm hoping that sharing my experience is getting you excited about the possibility of allowing yourself to dream and set forth a vision for your own life. I want you to reflect on the following questions as a way to start tapping into. What you truly desire for your life? What would you dare to dream if you knew you were unconditionally worthy? What would you stop doing if you knew you were already worthy? What would you find the courage to do if you knew you were worthy? Unconditionally. These are powerful questions that I want you to sit with and wrestle with. If you journal, free write your responses to these questions. Write out the first responses that come up without judging or evaluating whatever ideas that arise as possible. If you meditate, give yourself space to meditate on these questions. I love the concept of living the questions, and I encourage you to do that with these questions. Instead of pressuring yourself to have immediate answers, give yourself time and space to consider the answers and allow your internal wisdom to guide you to them as you go through your days. I encourage you to be patient with yourself in this process. For those of us who have spent our lives living for other people and living to prove our worth, this is an adjustment, it's a change, it's a shift. And particularly for women who are often so focused on taking care of other people, of partners, of children, of other family members, of giving and serving and being in service of everyone else, it can take a while to get back in touch With your own wants and desires. So give yourself time and be patient. And if these questions just feel too big to start, maybe start with some smaller questions like What would I do today if I knew I was worthy? What would a dream week or weekend look like for me? What would I not do today if I knew? I was worthy. I encourage you to start wherever you are. Any step is progress. Be kind and gentle with yourself in this process because dreaming and envisioning the life we most desire is vulnerable. It's a risk even to allow ourselves to dream. And I know for myself, That when we allow ourselves to dream, we lighten up. Life becomes brighter and exciting and invigorating. And I want that for you. So I encourage you to take one step, ask yourself one question and see what that brings up for you. I know the world will be a better place when we can all show up fully. And knowing we are worthy, knowing what we dream for ourselves, helps us to do that. Thanks so much for listening this week. Stay tuned for the next episode, which is going to be about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth and why self-worth is more important than self-esteem. See you next episode. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wattaboy.